This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Ergel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. It's my honor to have Nicole Cackless on the podcast. Nicole is the wife of Bingo Cackless, defensive coordinator and associate head coach at Bluefield University. Thank you so much for being a part of us. I'm so glad to be here, Kristen. All right. Well, we start with X's and O's as always on my podcast because I love all this side of it. So this is your fourth season at Bluefield. Prior stops include Bethel University from 2003 to 2011. Over the years, if you look past all these years, 81 academic all-conference players, 12 All-Americans, four conference players of the year, six conference championships, and this is cool, an AFCA Regional Coach of the Year for NAIA in 2006 and 2007. Wow. When you look back, what stands out to you as to why Coach Cackless is getting guys to perform at such a high level? Wow. I mean, when you say it that way, all those awards and everything, it's just amazing. And You know, we've been in this for a long time, and it's amazing how quick all that accumulates over the years. But I really think with Dino, uh, he he has a love of the game that is just un. It's just so hard to even explain it. And I know so many wives out there understand this, but he loves the game so much. He is a constant preparer. He works and works and works. He will outwork his opponent as much as possible every single day. So he brings that into the office every day. He watches film constantly. He has the boys watch film constantly, and he gets them ready. And that's one thing they will always tell me, like, coach knows what's going on, and he lets us know what we're going to expect. We just need to get out there and actually execute it. You know, Kristen, it's crazy. There's even some days he suits up and gets out there with him. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness. Are you serious? Yes. Not so much uh, these past couple years, but years prior, because he always says he'd love to get out there now, but his body just doesn't move like it used to. Well, it will move, but it just doesn't recover as quickly as it used to. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now we'll do more football stuff later, but I want to know where did you grow up? And did you ever see this life, the life of a coach's wife? Well, no, I've never seen myself in the life of a coach's wife. But I did grow up in western Pennsylvania, right outside of Pittsburgh in a small town called Jeanette, Pennsylvania, um, where, you know, if you're from that area, you know, football is it. You know, you have high school football, college football, pro football. And really, as the Steelers are it, I've grown up being a Steelers baby for years. Um, I was a cheerleader. So all those years, I guess, prepped me for this whole football life. But really, we all know nothing can prep you for being a football wife. How did you meet Dino Cackless? It's crazy. Dino and I met, I was actually a student at St. Francis University. And I was a student athletic trainer. When I first went to college, I started as a physical therapy major and did my work study in the sports med office. So I worked with football all the time. And then I switched my major to marketing, but I still kept that 
that uh, work study that I was doing. So over the years, I was a senior the year that Dino came in as a coach at St. Francis. So, you know, you get to know the coaches, you get to know the team, obviously, throughout the year when you're with them every single day. And then, um, you know, we just were friends. And then after that, I graduated and um, I started working at St. Francis in the admissions office. And obviously, Dino was in the football office and we just kind of clicked and it's we've been together ever since. It's kind of crazy to think it was since 2001 that we've been together. Wow, that's incredible. Now, um, you have two children. Tell me about your two little girls. My girls are Isabella and she is 13 and Gabriella, who is 11. Um, Our girls are keeping us on our toes. I'll tell you that. Isabella plays softball and basketball and Gabriella is a cheerleader and also she dances and she's playing softball also. So we stay on the run with those two. Yes. And you're probably the, the taxi driver to everyone's events. Absolutely. I'll tell you, we live in this really awesome neighborhood that has a lot of kids, my kids ages, and we've all sort of started to just say, okay, this many kids have to go this way. This many kids have to go that way. So I always laugh because I'm kind of driving the cheer bus and I'll drive it this afternoon, but I've got an expedition and we put seven of them in here and we go from one place to another, to another, to another. <laughs> wow. I love that. You are very involved in your community. I was talking with you earlier and tell me a little bit about Bluefield, Virginia. It just, it's gotta be beautiful right now in the fall. It really is like the leaves are starting to change and we live uh, Bluefield is an area in Virginia that's the tallest town in the state of Virginia. So there's a little fun fact for you. And we also live right on the border. So there's Bluefield, Virginia and Bluefield, West Virginia. So a lot of people know it as they're driving on like Interstate 77 where the two tunnels are near each other. Bluefield's very well known for that. But also a little fun fact about the West Virginia side um, it hardly ever hits 90 degrees here on, you know, throughout the summer. But when it does, the next day, the town sort of shuts down for a little bit around lunchtime and the Chamber of Commerce serves lemonade to anybody in town. So everybody goes out and visits and, and it's really fun and it's something so different. I think these small towns all have something really cool with them everywhere. And we've been really fortunate to be able to experience that in all the different places we've been. This is year four for you there. How many times have you had lemonade out on the Chamber of Commerce area? Once, <laughs> only once. And all the listeners yes, in Arizona are like, wow. <laughs> I know, I know. It, you know, we get in the 80s, but very, very seldom does it hit 90 degrees here. Now it's still hot and we oh, still have the humidity, but it, it just does not hit those 90 degree temperatures, which is nice. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that is awesome. Now you are the president of the AFCWA, um, very important role there. So what led you to get involved in that organization? Where did this start? Well, I'll tell you, you know, when Dino and I first started dating and then we got married in 2003, you know, as much as I do, like you didn't have as much of the social media then you didn't have as much as, I mean, obviously the internet was there and everything, but you really relied on that magazine that the AFCA put out every year. And it had that list of all the coaches that were in there. 
and AFCWA always had an ad in there. And then when they did the mailing from AFCA to the coaches about convention, you know, AFCWA always had something in there about like, hey, don't forget, tell your wife that this is available and the AFCWA meets during convention. So Dino saw that and he said something to me about it. And I've been trying to go to convention every year since 2003 and I've been to just about all of them I think there's probably been five or six that we haven't been to for one reason or that I haven't been to for one reason or another but uh, I think it's such an important organization not just because I'm the president of it but I, I mean I've had a passion for this organization since that first time that I went in 2003 and they're a very very special group of women Definitely. I um, just started going a couple of years ago, just haven't been able to do it with work and kids and all that. And it has made such a difference to connect with women nationwide who have similar battles and struggles and joys and just cheer each other on or a listening ear. It is refreshing to go and be a part of that. So what are some things we are going to be looking forward to for this convention? Well, I'll tell you what, convention this year is in San Antonio, and we are like crossing every finger toe and everything else in between that we're still having it like in person. Everything's on track right now to have it in person. But, you know, last year we had to have it virtually because of the way our world was last year. But it looks like San Antonio is open and we as the AFCWA board have been working hard to really, you know, schedule the convention and get everything ready to go. I will tell you, though, um, the AFCA convention is sort of condensed a little bit, which obviously has our convention condensed a little bit. So we're trying to do as much as we can that we offer like the best experience, the most time where these women can get together and visit and just really, really enjoy each other, learn from each other, be inspired by each other. We'll have fun little experiences set up in the hospitality room. We have a number of sponsors that will come and offer their stuff throughout the hospitality room too. So their services, their wonderful products. Um, We have a silent auction that we'll have going and we're already starting to collect different items for that. And even maybe even some trips that we'll have for that. We'll have a fun luncheon for everyone. And then, you know, like I said, we're, since we don't have as much time to go out and explore the city like we normally would, or do a big excursion like we would normally have, we'll definitely be doing more things to keep us all together in the hotel, that the time that we're together, and the time that we're in the hospitality room, that we, you know, have the most going on. We also have a lot of different programs that we'll be offering on Monday during the convention. So anything from either, you know, health and wellness to some, oh goodness, what what else are we having? We're having so many things, like there's been so many ideas. We have a, um, oh gosh, not a martial arts class, but a, a, oh, a defense class that one of our wives, she works in the prison system and so does her husband. So they're going to come in and show us how to do some self-defense. And I mean, we just have so much going on. We're really looking forward to it. You know, Kristen, I know you know about the Season Wives, New Wives uh, program that we have where we hook up some of our Season Wives with some of our newer wives throughout the year and use that as a mentorship program. So our Season Wives and our New Wives get to meet each other if they haven't yet already. 
you know, we just have so much going on. We're really looking forward to it. And I'll tell you what, a highlight every year for convention is when we can do a hospital visit. And that's part of our service project where we take a donation from the AFCWA to a hospital. Now, recently, these past couple of years, we haven't been able to be in the hospital, whether it be flu season or obviously with COVID and those kind of things. But we still will all get together and say, hey, this is something we're doing for the Children's Hospital in San Antonio, and we'll make sure it gets there. We just may not be able to go as a group to present it this year. Amazing stuff. Super exciting. I am so excited this year to be able to go and again and the self-defense class. Okay. I'm signing up for that. That is, that is sweet. And then of course, near and dear to my heart, given to the children's hospital, as everyone knows our journey, what that looks like, that has been a big part of our life and so grateful for the wives across the country that always commit to giving to that. Love it. Love it. I'm sure there's going to be more that comes out about that through social media. We'll talk later on about how you can follow AFCWA. Let's go to your game day. So um, they're in Bluefield, Virginia, this is year four. What's a home game look like for you? What time do you get in the stadium? Well, you know, it's crazy. I, you know, I remember going to convention all those years and everybody saying how the seasons will change. The seasons of life will change. And really in these past like two and three years, our season of life has changed with the kids because mm-hmm. we used to be the family that was at every game and tailgating before every game and you know the kids are out there running around and or we're traveling we went to every game on the road but now we're in a total different season of life so like this past weekend uh, my oldest she stayed here and went to the field with coach and then I was uh, up to Roanoke for a cheer competition which is two hours away And we, you know, did the cheer competition, did the awards, jumped in the car, did a quick change, got back, and just in time for kickoff. Wow. We were lucky to make it. Two weeks ago, I was sitting in the stands at the cheer competition watching it on, you know, my my tablet. Because it's just, if we can be there, we're there 100%. And if we can't, you know, we, we support from home. Um, we've had two away games this year that we could have been at, but we had kids in quarantine. So, you know, we're at home watching it on TV and or on the internet and coaches there. So I just think, you know, seasons of life really, really do change, but we try to support in any way possible that we can and as much as we can when we're able. That's great encouragement for a wife that feels badly. They're trying to get, you know, you're trying to get your kids to all their events as well. I mean, you have to show that they have importance in your family and still trying to balance all those things. When you get back together uh, and you're all in the same room, mm-hmm. whether it be Saturday night or Sunday morning, do you have any big traditions after a win? Well, you know, we used to, we used to um, have people at our house all the time when he was head coach, you know, we would always have people at the house and really be able to celebrate and visit and everything now you know again seasons of life change and the kids have stuff that they have to do and he is going back to the office and watching film and turning everything back around but when he does get home you know we've been having a lot of later evening games so you know we try to eat together or have a snack or something like that and visit with each other um but you know it's just one of those things sometimes we have a house full of kids at our house because they've all come to the game with us and then they're all sleeping over and there's other days where it's just coach and I because the kids are somewhere else but 
you know, it's just, it's crazy. Like I really was thinking about that, how the seasons do change. And I know pretty soon it will be, I, I won't have the kids to run around anymore. And we're hoping that they'll be able to come and support dad, you know, if they're in college or wherever they are. So, you know, we really just kind of really embrace the time that we do have with each other as a family. And, um, and, you know, Sunday mornings we do go to church together and then, you know, sometimes we're taking two cars so he can go right to the office afterwards and we can go and do our thing. Or we have Sunday school, like I teach a Sunday school class for the, the younger ones. So, you know, I might go to church early with the kids and then he meets us there. So, you know, you just kind of adapt and change it all the time, I feel like. And, and if you don't, then, you know, that's, I think, when some people get really, really frustrated and, and really can't find their way together a lot. Mm. There's sometimes adversity can bring us closer together. You know, not every day you're on the top of the world highs, very high highs in this business and extremely low lows. Everything is public. Mm -hmm. So most everybody has faced adversity in this profession. If you haven't yet, you're probably going to. So what's some of the toughest (laughs) adversity you have faced and what did you two rely on to get through those moments? Well, you know, I think mostly for us, we've always been far away from family. So, you know, our first time, like the first job that he had when we got married, we were at Bethel University, which was 10 to 12 hours away from family. And and that's where we had kids, you know, we were there for 10 years. So that's where the girls were born and everything. So we really, you really jump into that community and you really rely on your friends who become your family you know, we have people all across the United States, which is pretty amazing, that are like family. And I think that's kind of been one of the biggest things for us is finding family where we are. And then, but also finding a way to still be with our own family too. So, you know, like that kind of stuff has been hard. And then, you know, you always have the, you know, the coaches in the stands that think they know everything, how that coach (laughs) should call the play or, (laughs) so I think trying to, shield not so much shield the kids because obviously they they know what's happening but reassure them and let them know that you know it's just tough sometimes and Mm -hmm. and I think that's some of the hardest things and we just have to really you know as coaches wives really see and pay attention to those triggers especially with our kids and see like hey okay this is okay that's okay and and just work through it with coach, with kids, with whoever, even with family. I mean, you know, you sometimes have family that don't understand why coach can't be at a wedding, why Mm -hmm. coach can't be at this baby shower, why coach can't do this, or or why do you have to be by yourself, or why can't you go, why can't you miss the game? And I think that's something, you know, as a family, you really decide, is it, you know, what are we doing? How are we supporting? And, and, and how do we go from there? Those are really wise words there, because sometimes it's uh, family that can't understand things, and that's hard because you would think that they would naturally understand, but sometimes there is that gap there that they can almost take up a fence really for is. the coach's wife and say, "Well, you're doing everything by yourself. Um, that's a hard mm-hmm. life, and honestly, you know, that's a decision you've made as a couple." So, um, exactly, I'll never forget Kristen. You know, when we moved down to Tennessee and. I, I just never forget. The, uh, there was a one woman who grabbed me one day. She goes, you know, I just can't believe that you pack up those babies and you drive all those hours to go to those games. 
all by yourself with those babies. <laughs> and I just, like, that just sticks out to me. It's just so funny that I guess as coaches wise, we're just so used to being independent and being yeah. able to, you know, we run everything, we do everything and, and we just do it. And, we, and, and some people don't, and they don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And we just step back and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, just did I did it. just pack up those babies and we just did it. <laughs> <laughs> we packed all the bottles and all the diapers and we made it happen. Mm-hmm. And you literally don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen did. at the away stadiums. I mean, it is a total gamble sometimes, you know, is there going to be anywhere oh, yeah. to change this diaper or, you know, all kinds of things that you need to do with your kids away. Like we're hopefully there's some good restaurants or something that you could manage through this process. You just go with it. I love the, I love oh, you really do fun moments. You just they stick with you too. And your kids, I feel like kids always remember the road trip so much more. Oh, absolutely. This is year 18 of being a coach's wife. So what's one yes. thing you are glad that you've made a priority in your life? Oh, goodness. Probably, probably just the service part of things and just being part of the team. You know, we've been at these, we've been very fortunate. And I know that there are wives across, you know, the U.S. and beyond that everybody has a different situation. So for us, we've been in smaller schools, smaller towns. So, you know, we can be a little bit more hands-on and I can sometimes travel on the bus and I can, you know, be part of the volunteer efforts for the football team. Or a lot of times I am the bridge between maybe our college and our local schools because I've got kids in the schools and I've got, you know, the connections at the college. and. So we've set up volunteer programs and service in these places. And I think that's one of the biggest things. And that's one of the, I always say, if we ever win the lottery, I just, can you imagine the good we can do and the volunteering we can do? Because we don't have to worry about working and we don't have to worry about all these other things and we can go out and do all the things that we love. And and that's always been a, a strong one for me. I love that. I love that. Now you've been working with AFCWA for years. Now you're the president. I'm sure you hear from wives all across the country and just being involved with the convention for years about some of the biggest struggles that we face. What do you think are some of those big struggles and what advice have you given out or how do you think it's best to overcome that specific challenge? Well, you know, I think the biggest thing that we always hear about is we have to do it all ourselves, you know, or we're always by ourselves. And I think it's hard on so many levels, whether you're, you know, a young wife or an an older wife, it doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter if you have kids, don't have kids. If you have family close by, don't have family close by, you still have to deal a lot with being by yourself. Mm -hmm. And whether that's being by yourself and having to do all the things with the kids by yourself or just being by yourself. And, um, And I think that's one of the hardest things for a lot of people to really for a lot of wives just to really see, okay, what am I doing? How do I do it? And, and how do I overcome this loneliness kind of thing? Or why does it feel like coach isn't here with me? Or why do I have to make these decisions by myself? Or why do I have to do all this by myself? And I think that's the greatest thing about AFCWA. You know, we have these different outlets on where we can share those kind of struggles because it's not always all 
you know, pretty roses and winds every year, every day. You know? mm-hmm. So whether it's we've got to support coach in good and bad times, we've got to, you know, run the household or anything else in between, it's difficult. And, and sometimes it's easy, and, but a lot of times it's difficult. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, we see in AFCWA and, and we support each other in that way too. Earlier, I talked about the AFCWA Regional Coach of the Year nod and six conference titles and things like that. So you've had a tremendous amount of success. What ways do you think you've contributed to that? And that's a really tough question to answer. But in terms of, you know, just (laughs) share some advice on, hey, you know what, or at least I've tried to do this and I think it's had an impact. Mm. Um, Well, I think for us personally, like the way that we work is I take care of a lot of the stuff, you know, the bills, the house, the change in the oil in the cars, like, you know, scheduling all those kind of things, scheduling the appointments for the kids, getting them here, there and everywhere, you know, and making sure coach is on that schedule too. And he knows where we have to be and when. And so when he goes in the morning and does those early morning workouts with the team and you know, is in there all day and then, you know, practice at night and, and does it over. Like when he comes home, he doesn't have to worry about some of that other stuff. And it's not that I'm spoiling him or anything, but it's the way that we work. So I'd rather get some of that stuff done. And, you know, and I'm kind of lucky our kids are in an age now where they help. And so, you know, we take care of the house and we take care of the laundry and we take care of this, that, and the other. So when coach is home, we can all be together. Now, that's not saying he doesn't do laundry and he doesn't cook and he doesn't, you know, he's not like Mr. Waited on hand and foot, <laughs> but that's just the way our house works, you know, in the way that we can really use that time together that we're not worrying about everything else. And we, then, you know, we really try to schedule things where he, you know, he's also trying to schedule things too, where he can be helping with softball practice because he still loves to be out there and coach his own kids too. And, you know, so we try to make all those things work as well as we can. Wow. That's a lot of moving targets. (laughs) It really is. When I think of convention, I also think about there's a lot of people there trying to make connections and get jobs. And there's what, a couple hundred thousand people that go to this convention. I don't know what it is, but it feels like a ton (laughs) of people. Um, And then it does. city. (laughs) Right. There's four jobs that are open and there's 1,000 people that apply for them. So um, is there ever been a job, you don't have to name the job, but that you, you guys were hoping to get and maybe didn't get or something. What did you say to keep your husband encouraged? You know, I, I think we've always we've all been there. We've all seen it. You know, you always get your hopes up. And heck, even when you're putting in the application, you're like, oh goodness, like let me start googling the city and see <laughs> right. what the you know googling the school. The house. So, if anything that I've learned over the years, exactly, like I'm not looking until they're saying, hey, come interview. And even right. then, I'm still a little skeptical. <laughs> right. But I will say that we really live by the whole, like, everything happens for a reason. Yes, you're going to be upset. Yes, you're going to be disappointed. Or you'll have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, like we've talked about before. You know, it, it works or it doesn't work. But we always live by the everything happens for a reason. We may not understand it now. We may not know what that plan is, but God has a plan for us. And we're here to live it out. And we just have to be patient in the meantime. 
you've been a head coach's wife for many years at Bethel, and now you're in a coordinator's role here. What are some of the ways you've enjoyed connecting with the wives on the staffs you've been on? Oh, I think, um, I don't know, I guess just a lot of times, you know, we do tailgating together. You know, our head coach now, his wife, she's a little bit older than us, you know, has kids that are out of the house and stuff. So she's in a total different season of life too. But I'll tell you, she goes and she does stuff at the kids' school. So they've been awesome. There's been times, you know, like I said, we live a far live far away from family and stuff. And, you know, if we have grandparents day, our head coach and his wife come That's for awesome. my kids. And um so you know, like those kind of things, but everywhere we've been, we've had smaller stuff. Um so it's like we're all kind of family, really, and we all support each other in the best way that we can. And, you know, if we can get together and be at the games, we are. And if not, you know, we find other ways to be together. Sometimes we do meals during the week. But I'll tell you, our head coach is awesome in the way, that, especially during camp, he always um, puts all the families on the list for the cafeteria. So mm-hmm. during camp, for lunch and dinner every day, we're all in there together. Oh, so not it. only is that giving us all time together, but it, we're also getting to know the players then too. Cause you know, again, like I keep saying the season of life and where we are with our kids, but that's where we are personally, you know, I'm running. So I'm not on the field as much. We're not at practice as much as we used to be a few years ago, you know, where we could get oh. to know everyone every day, like we used to, but that's a really big thing that we do now. And, um, in our school here now has like Wednesdays, they have like community day in our cafeteria where it's like $3 lunch. So we try to do that too. So we can visit with each other and and friends in the community and then the students and everything else too. That is cool. I love those ideas. That is good. That's good stuff. So do you have a coach's wife mentor? Yeah. (laughs) I haven't heard that. I love that. Well, so do I have a coach's wife mentor? Yes and no. You know, we started the season wives, new wives when I was more on the seasoned wives side for mm-hmm. AFCWA. But I'll tell you what, when I started going to convention and I tell these ladies this all the time, you know, there is such a strong history in the AFCWA. And it's really amazing if you sit down and, and really look through like, you know, obviously I'm privy to some of the old minutes and different communication and all that kind of stuff from years ago, like we forget very quickly that, you know, there was not the capability of Zoom or us to have, you know, these Facebook groups or to just like post something real quick and be able to get like that instant message. You know, some of these ladies had to just write letters to each other and they were really, really lucky if they had the conference call because, you know, it was expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yes. so they brought all these women together over the years, every year at convention. Now we're more, you know, like so much more flexible that we're able to like put a Zoom together and meet with ladies and just connect throughout the year or throughout the uh, football season, even or whenever it is. But so going back to that, my early years in convention, I just used to look at these women and just see the love that they had for each other, the love they had for their coach and the love they had for this organization. And it was just, it was so admirable just to see how strong they were and what kind of women they were. And I will never forget Donnell Taft, 
who is uh, Coach Taft's wife, and he was the president of AFCA for years. But I used to love listening to her. And she would tell us, you know, just different stories all the time about supporting your husband and doing things. And she, you know, she used to tell us stories about how, you know, she used to get up every morning and do her hair and make breakfast for coach and, and all those things. But it was a total different time in the world. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. these wives were not working, you know, you didn't have full time working moms and wives and, and everything, you know, they were homemakers. So the different things that they had to do, but they all still had those struggles and everything that we still do, you know, they were still by themselves and they were still, you know, in cities that they didn't know anything about. But I mean, so I think that the ladies of AFCWA that were always in, you know, that were always at convention and always willing to be open and and that's the other, and I'm not plugging AFCWA, but I am plugging AFCWA too, but you know, it doesn't matter what level you're mm-hmm. at, what season you're in, anything like that. We're all coaches' wives. Yes. And we all go through the same things in some way, shape, or another. So I've really looked to these women. And then I'll tell you, I've met some of my best friends at convention. And it's crazy because we've kind of been to different schools and we play each other. <laughs> and, you know, so sometimes we're on the same team. Sometimes we're on different sidelines. And, you know, so I think through AFCWA, I've really, really had that mentorship. And I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I ever got that we've kind of used is the kids are okay. They're going to be okay. And if you have to move in January, that's kind of a good thing for them to start a new school year then because they'll have friends before the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, we always think, and they'll be the new kids. They'll be, they'll be the one that people want to get to know. And, and, you know, they'll tend to make friends a little faster that way. So that was always something that stood out to me. That's kind of ties into one of my questions, which is what would you encourage a new mom and coach's wife to focus on? Is it just that type of advice right there? Like, Hey, it's going to be okay. Yes. Yes. And actually, um, when I was planning programs for convention two years ago, that was one of my roles for AFCWA. I did put together a panel of coaches, kids, um, and it was called the, uh, the kids are all right. And it was kids that are different ages, different stages of life, whether they're some of them were even wives now of football coaches, you know, and, and it's crazy to see, you know, yes, they're obviously their struggles. It's not all going to be perfect all the time, but the kids are okay. Kids are more resilient than we ever think, but kids also feed off of us. So if we mm-hmm. fill in that, oh my gosh, this is going to be horrible. It's going to be so hard for you to start that new school or this move is going to be awful. Then, then that's what they know. But if you go into it with a positive outlook, like, Hey, this is a new adventure. We're going to make new friends. We're you know, always able to keep up with these friends and just look at how many other people, you know, or we'll get to know and how many more good experiences you're going to have. You have moved across the country and getting those uh, children connected in there and then possibly a new job for you. What are your best tips for that? Well, you know, I've worked in higher education pretty well. Yeah, pretty much the whole time coaches I have been together. Like I said before, we've been fortunate to be at these smaller schools in smaller towns. And I'll tell you, one of the nice things is, is that sometimes they're like, coach's wife needs a job. Mm -hmm. And that was very, very hard for me at first because, 
you know, I'm one of those that I'm going to interview for a job and I'm going to get a job, but we all know it's who, you know, mm-hmm. really. So yeah. I was fortunate to have a little bit of an in and, you know, and I had higher education experience, you know, from working at the college right after I graduated. So I was able to start working on campus when we were at Bethel uh, in their alumni and development and public relations offices. And then from there, you know, I was able to start teaching, which was amazing and just found a new passion that I have for higher education too, is on the faculty side of things. And then as we had kids and moved and I switched jobs, but, um, you know, I always kept teaching all those years. And now that when we moved to Bluefield about four years ago now, I went back into the whole like, quote unquote, nine to five kind of thing, which is not nine to five, as we all know, but, but an actual office every day. And that was amazing experience for me. But I actually came on an opportunity just in these past couple months where I've been able to work from home now for another company. So it's, it's been great for me. Um, I miss the college, but I still teach. So that's wonderful too. But I guess to jump in, you know, we've been lucky with all these moves. I've jumped in where the kids have been school age. So, you know, I think that's a and, and in a small town. So, you know, you're the coach's family that just moved. And, So people want to know you, want to know all about you. And then they're very welcoming. These small towns have been so, so welcoming to us. And I think that's how we got in. And that would be my advice, you know, is to really jump in and volunteer if you can. Um, Get to know people at the college. Get your husband to to know people and introduce you to them. Because that was the other thing. My husband, he went, he always went before us, obviously, you know, a lot of times you get the job and three days later, they're gone. And um, so, but he was able to, you know, he met people and I know that this move, he, the head cheerleading coach uh, lived in the neighborhood and she's the one that actually helped us find our house. And she's the one that introduced me to a number of people. And, you know, so you just get to know people that way. And, I know there's a lot of people that aren't that outgoing or aren't, you know, comfortable going into new places and, you know, and I, but I am. And, and that's one of the things I think you really have to embrace, like, Hey, I'm here and we're going to make the best of that. And no matter what, like you never go into something thinking we're only going to be here for a year kind of thing. You know, we always go into something thinking this is going to be our home until we retire. And and maybe even further than that. So this is our home. This is our community. This is our family now. This is our new family. And that's how I get to go about it and get to know people. And and then you just go from there. Last two questions for you. How do you guys stay connected during the season? Oh, goodness. Um, You know, working on campus and now working at home, um, I've been able to see Dino more than anything, especially working from home, because a lot of times he has the early, early morning workouts. So he's gone by like 4.30 in the morning, usually most days. And then he'll do the workouts and stuff and work in the office for a little bit. But then he comes home and showers and eats and and may take a nap for just a little bit before he goes back in the afternoon. And um, so when he comes home, we get to kind of have breakfast together sometimes or we try to take time to maybe grab lunch once a week together or, you know, like it was funny um, now that my daughter's cheering and, 
you know, they have middle school games on Monday night. So he's able to come to the games and he never, ever, ever sits in the stands for games. We all know this, like our coaches can't get, you know? So that was one thing that I said, I was like, you have nothing that you need to do with these middle school games. Although one day he did run the chains, but I'm like, you're going to come and you're going to sit with me in the stands. (laughs) (laughs) So I think sometimes we just have to be like, Hey, you're going to do this or we're going to do this. And because it's not, you know, things just, you just go on with life sometimes. And unless you make it a priority, it's not going to happen. Um, we used to try to have the date night kind of things, but like I said, we're in that season of life where kids have practices every night and everything else. So that just doesn't happen for us right now. But, you know, at night we do like to watch the Chicago's, you know, we like Chicago med PD fire, all those. So we DVR those. And if we can watch those, we sometimes watch those together. Or, you know, if I have some crazy Netflix thing on, he sometimes gets into them every once in a while. And like, what are you watching? <laughs> so he'll sit down for a little bit that way. But, you know, we just try to make time when we can make time. What's the most rewarding aspect to you about being a coach's wife? Just, you know, being able to stand there and, and being able to walk over and they say, hey, Miss Cack or hey, Mrs. Coach Cack or anything like that. And these boys know that we love them like our own children. They love our kids like they're their little sisters. Um, I think that's that's the thing. Like they know they can come to us for anything. Like I had one just the other day who told me he wasn't feeling great and asked me to run and get him some Gatorade. Like, absolutely, I'm going to do that for you, you know. And now I think one of the best things with social media is you can keep up with all these kids that you know, we're babies before we even had babies. And, <laughs> and now they're all having babies. It's crazy to me. Like it, you know, it just seems like yesterday we started all this, but when you really step back and think about it, it's been a long time that we've been in this profession and to see them thriving and doing so well. And then also to get those messages, just like how much of an impact we made on their lives is huge. Many, many lives impacted positively through your family. Rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Okay, let's see it. What's the last book you have read? Oh, um, the Winter in Paradise series I read by Ellen Hildebrand. I'm traveling for work now, so I get to read a little bit more when I'm nice. on the plane. <laughs> nice. Coach surprises you, walks yep. in with concert tickets. What would be printed on that ticket? I don't know if it'd be so much a concert, but I mean, the last time he did something like that, it was tickets to see the Globetrotters. Ah! (laughs) So I'm sure it would be some kind of game or, you know, or like a hockey, we've done hockey games where he's done that, but you know, not so much concerts, but more like events. Okay. If you could have dinner with someone other than a family member, current or from history, who would that be? I'll tell you what, I would give anything to have dinner with Father Tom. Father Tom was somebody, like, I went to St. Francis University, which is a Catholic university that had Franciscan friars that were part of everything. And they were, you know, sorority advisors, and they were at every event, and just amazing, amazing people. And Father Tom had cancer and passed away. And it's been 20 years now that he's been gone. And, but I would give anything in a minute to have dinner again with Father Tom. Oh, I love it. You get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? Oh gosh. Um, I'm horrible about this. Uh, Netflix, like Bridgerton, Firefly Lane, Virgin River, you name it. I am very 
much one of those that we'll watch them like on a weekend. <laughs> it's crazy. I get nothing accomplished. <laughs> What's your go-to meal to cook? Mm, probably Italian because I can cook that for the most amount of people in the least amount of time or stuff on the grill. What sport can you beat Coach Cackless in? Oh, mm-hmm. I like to tell him golf, but definitely not. Um, bocce. I can beat him in bocce ball. <laughs> It. What's one thing <laughs> non-tech you can't live without? Mm, my toothbrush. <laughs> everyone has someone that needs, everyone has something that needs throwing away around the house. What's the ugliest thing you own? You know, Kristen, we just moved again. And uh, I think we just moved so much that I don't keep any of that stuff. I just start getting rid of it all. So if I don't like it, we don't have it anymore. Hey, that's pretty good. If you had a superpower, what would that be? Oh, gosh, probably teleporting so I could be at everything in a quick way. You know, when we live so far away from people, you just can't get there. So either that or cloning myself, one of the two. (laughs) Excellent ideas. Thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing with us. I really appreciate it. I really, really appreciate you having me. This has been so fun. Okay. How can someone register for the convention and follow along for updates? Okay, uh, you can go to AFCWA.org. That's our website for the AFCWA. And in the next week, it'll be getting a whole new look. We're in the process of really redoing it where we'll have a members only section on the site and a few other fun things. But all the information about AFCWA can be found at AFCWA.org. There's a link to register for convention. There's a link to uh, uh, become a member and so many other things on there. So check it out. Yes. And they also have social media as well. So you can follow along and be reminded of all the fun things that that you can be a part of there at the AOCWA. Thank you so much. We'll see you in San Antonio. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Briller-Hope or online at BrillerofHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at CoachesWifeLife.